Good morning, everybody. Also from my side, it's great to, to be back. Uh, I missed last Sunday. Uh, I had a, a terrible man flu. Uh, for those of you that knows how that feels, it's the worst possible thing that can happen to you. Um, so thank you for each prayer. I was really, really sick. I finished the whole box of pain medication in four days. I uh, remember going to the doctor and I said to the doctor, no, my finger is not broken, but my body is just sore. And so I sort of know what a, the centers of the, the All Blacks feel like. Uh, my whole body was just sore. Um, so thank you for each prayer, for the food, um, for every phone call, every message. Again, it's just great to be part of this family, to feel loved and to not just feel it, but to also experience it. Um, just friendship. Um, relationship, not just something that we, we read of or think of or want to experience. Uh, hopefully, you have experienced it here. Um, and so just again, um, you know, just getting phone calls out of Cape Town. Some of the people went to work in Cape Town. Um, just really, you know, taking time out of holiday to phone. Just communicate something about what we are as a family together. And so... If I say the word relationship, what is the first thing that comes up? The word relationship. So let me tell you what Google says, how Google defines relationship. Google says the following, it's the way in which two or more people, or listen to this, or things are connected. The way in which two or more people or groups regard and behave towards each other. And so relationships are more than just how two people or two or more people relate to one another. I mean, what about how you relate to yourself? Surely how you relate to yourself impacts how you would relate to somebody else. What about how you relate to God? Your relationship with God, surely it is more than just how you relate to a person or a group of people. How we relate to God impacts our view of everything that flows from there. And so relationships is far more than just two or more people, how they connect and how they interact with one another. I mean, just using the word relationships provokes certain emotions this morning. Maybe to some of us sitting here, it's pain, loss, hurt, anger, hate. Or maybe it's joy, you know, holding that eight-month-old baby girl, and there's a sense of joy, and I say eight months because then there's a sleep pattern already, and you sort of see a smile back. There's a sense of love and joy that you experience. Or what about beholding your bride when she walks into that chapel? I have yet to see a man that does not break down in tears. That's those feelings. And so, as we sit here, yes, we are all recipients and we all can sit here and testify this morning of certain emotions that, that we feel because of our experiences. But the truth is also that we need to understand this morning, when we speak about relationships, you are also the cause of somebody else's experience and feelings that they have experienced. And so, as much as I say hurt, you might have felt it, but you have also caused it. Joy, you might have felt it, but you have also caused it. 
And so again, relationships is far more than just two people or two or more people connecting. And so when we look at the fall of man in Genesis 3, we see the Bible highlighting four different relationships. Relationship with God. As Adam and Eve sinned, the first thing they did is they hid from God. They hide away. They ran away. They hid themselves from God. And so we see that there was a relationship broken. And so obviously the hiding is an is a, is a outflow of what happened in that moment they sinned. And so surely if, if hiding is the one side, then there should be another side. We also saw in reading it, we see that they saw that they were naked and they were ashamed. And so there's a relationship with self that is broken. Relationship with God, relationship with self. And then when God asks Adam, Adam, where are you? What does he do? This woman that you gave me. So we see how the relationship with others are broken. And there's a blaming game that starts. And the fourth relationship that we see with the fall of man that was broken from God's perfect plan was man's relationship to creation. God killed an animal and made for them clothes. So relationship with God, relationship with man, relationship with self, and relationship with creation. And so the next four weeks, we're going to stop, pause, preach into just relationships, focusing on these four areas of relationships. And so today, I'm going to start off with God's perfect plan. There is a perfect plan for relationships. And we're going to rediscover that together this morning as we open the Word. And so next week, I'm going to also preach about the longing of every human heart. Every human has got a certain longing in their heart. And that's why the word says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so we will be preaching about what is this longing of every man, every human's heart. and What does the word again says about it? And then growing in tough times. Week three, Rita is going to preach about how do we grow through tough times in our relationships. And then the last week... I'm going to end it off with the way forward. And so let's open our words together this morning at Genesis 2 as we start just our first of these four Sundays. God's perfect plan for relationships. Now I know I've used this metaphor before, so I'm not going to go into detail. Any puzzle addicts in here? Yes, I'm definitely also one of them. And so there's a picture. It is already created. And so, when you are busy building your puzzle, if you are any good at it, you will constantly refer back to make sure that you are on your way. And so, there's different ways about how people go about building puzzles. Some people group colors together. Some start with an outline. doesn't matter how you do it. We all refer to the picture. It is already created. And so, when we speak about relationships this morning... We need to understand that there's a picture. There's a truth. God's Word is where we find the truth for relationships. No matter your experience this morning or your feeling when I mention the word relationships, there is a truth. And so we will refer back to the truth. doesn't matter how we build it, how you start it, you know, start with the corners, different colors. 
There's a picture that we used and we should use when we build this together. And so in Genesis 2, we find this picture. And so we're going to read together from verse 5. Genesis 2, verse 5. Let me just tell you why we start in Genesis 2. So Genesis 1, God creates, and we see the sixth day ending at the beginning of Genesis 2 with the seventh day. So the whole of creation, Genesis 1. And Genesis 2 comes and it pauses and it focuses on the day God created man. And so it's not something separate from the first seven days. It is just that day being highlighted and going into more detail. And so that is why we read from Genesis 2. I'm going to read from verse 5. <coughs> My apologies. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. And a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east. And there he put, a man whom he had, he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And the tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge, good and evil. Verse 10. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four different rivers. Verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And so when we refer to this perfect picture of God's creation plan for relationships, the first thing we see is we were created to draw near to God. God formed the garden, the garden of Eden, the garden in Eden. The garden of Eden, or some of the translation, my translation says the garden in Eden. And so we need to understand just what is happening here. Eden was a specific area in the Bible. It was a specific place. So it had a start and a beginning. But then God goes and He says, In Eden, I will form a garden. And so you will see more or less a floor plan. If you had to sketch one for those architects in here this morning who loves floor plans. There's a floor plan of how Eden should have looked or would have looked by just means of defining it. It wasn't this box, it wasn't a square box with, a, you know, with a, all the forms that we have there, but it's a specific area. And in the Eden, God planted a garden. God in a specific place where He walked. We see when, when Adam and Eve sins, we read, and in the midst of the day, God walked in the garden. 
And so in this specific area, God then places man. So three weeks ago, I, I preached about just sanctification, justification, and I explained to you what it means, what does the word holiness mean? Holiness means to be separated unto God. And so when you look at this garden, it's a specific place, separated unto God, where He places man to walk with Him, to draw near to Him, to be with Him. And so God, that is in heaven, leaves His heavenly dwelling. We read how the Spirit just hovers over the earth. And He creates the environment for man to dwell with Him. So we were created to be in His presence, to be in His holiness, to walk with Him daily. That is the first thing we see about relationships, our relationship with God. And so this has always been God's desire to be with us and for us to dwell with Him, to draw near to Him. It's always been the plan. God did not make a mistake and then somewhere throughout the Word, throughout the Gospel, changed His master plan to fit into something differently. No, it has always been His plan from day one when He created us that we should be in His presence, drawing near to Him. Example, God drawing near to Israel in Egypt. And He said to them, I will be your God and you will be my people. He draws near and He calls them into His presence. And so He instructs Moses to erect a tabernacle. And so look at the floor plan. Interestingly enough, if you look at the tabernacle, specific area, and the Holy of Holies, where God in His presence dwelled amongst His people. And so the difference we see from the garden to the tabernacle was only once a year, one man, the high priest, was allowed into God's presence. After sanctification, purifying himself, he was allowed into God's presence where the original plan was for all mankind to dwell in His presence forever. And so we see again God's heart's desire drawing near to us and for us to dwell in His presence. We see the same picture in the temple erected in Judea. Again, there's a floor plan. So we see garden, we see the tabernacle, and we see the temple. And can you see the same picture? God drawing near to His people, wanting to be in their midst, inviting them again into His presence. And so the opposite of this is what sin creates. It makes us run away from God. And so if you go back to that first picture of the garden, you will see as man fell to sin, they moved away further and further away from the garden, further and further away from God's presence. It has always been God's plan, His master plan, His picture to draw near to us and for us to dwell in His presence. And so in Jesus, we see how God again leaves His heavenly dwelling and He comes and He lives amongst us. And in that moment when Jesus died on the cross, the picture of the veil, the curtain in the Holy of Holies that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple, from the rest of the tabernacle. That division between God and man tore from the top to the bottom. God came 
And God created a way again for us to dwell in His presence. We were created, friends, to draw near to God, not to run away from Him. And so in the garden, when God blesses Adam and Eve, it says, and He blessed them, and He said, increase in number and fill the earth. And so what we need to understand about that is the garden at some stage would have become too small if they did not sin, increased in number as God blessed them and commanded them to do. Kids was always part of God's blessing, not God's curse. They, the number of people would have become too many for the garden. And so as people would spread, fill the earth, God's presence would spread and fill the earth. God would have not remained in the garden. His presence would spread as His people would spread. Because His desire is to be amongst us. And so as Jesus sits there on that mountain with His disciples, and He gives them the great commission to go out and to make disciples of all nations, in that moment He is restoring the blessing casted upon Adam and Eve. As you go out and multiply and fill the earth by teaching them what I have taught you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you will increase. It is my heart's desire that you will fill the earth. And as we do that, as we obey the Great Commission, God's presence fills the earth. We have been created to draw near to God. And so we need to understand that everything else flows from this. Everything else flows from this. We see as Adam and Eve leaves the garden, there is still relationship. But the next generation, Cain and Abel, we see a relationship already broken, where a brother kills a brother. And so the further we move away from God's presence, the more skewed this picture becomes of relationships. The only thing that changed from inside the garden to outside is what? Is what? God's presence. God's presence was not with them. And so when we think about our relationships, when you're sitting here this morning and you, you may be sitting next to a husband or a wife, and there's doubt, maybe there's mistrust, or maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking of your boss or your colleague or a friend, and maybe there's some hurtful feelings. You need to understand that the devil will try and do everything possible to remove us from the midst of God. Because in doing so, he creates that feeling that you have this morning that is not in line with God's plan for relationships. And so yes, sin is the obvious choice. Sin brings separation between us and God. But what about busyness? Anything that brings division between you walking with God daily in His presence is helping Satan achieve what he wants to achieve through you and in your relationships. And so the longer he can keep you from God's presence, the more distorted picture we get of God's master plan. And ultimately, you and I know that the longer away from his presence, it ultimately results in sin somewhere down the line. And so sin 
at its root, at its core, wants to destroy the kill, uh, and kill and so much more in our relationships. So we were created to draw near to God. The first thing we see. The second thing we see is we were created to draw near to other people. We were created to draw near to other people. Every time God created, He said, and it is, it is good. You agree? Every time God created, He said, He looked at the trees and everything He did, and He said, it is good. But there is one thing when God created it, He said, it is not good. Have you ever picked that one up? God created man. Let's read that. God created man. Verse 18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good. It is not good. Wives, this is the place where you can just nod your husband. It is not good for man to be alone. And I will make him a helper. Obviously the context is here. It's not good for Adam to be alone. I will make him a wife. But in Genesis 1.26, God says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, that man is plural. Let us make more than one in our image, in our likeness. And so from the word go, creation, God's purpose for relationships was one, yes, for us to draw near to Him, but two, to draw near to others. As we walk the earth in the garden, filling the earth before sin, when people looked at husband and wife, when people looked at people together, what they should have seen was God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in perfect unity, joy, peace, love. That was God's master plan. I will place my image, my likeness in humankind, and they will be a reflection. So this is it. I hope it's going to work. Does it work? Yes, Werner, it works, eh? Can you see me? This is what it was supposed to be. When man looked at somebody on earth, there was a reflection. This light works. There was a reflection. Can you see me when I shine it in your eyes? No. Etienne, don't squint. That was God's purpose. Not for others to see you, but to see the image of Christ shining through you. Not to see you, but to see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in perfect unity. And that is why Jesus said to His disciples, I therefore command you to love one another as I have loved you. And this will be a testimony that you are truly my disciples. When you reflect my love to a broken world, you are truly my creation. You are truly the order in which I created. You are my disciples. And so we were not created to isolate. But we were created for unity. In God's presence, drawing near to God and near to others. Sharing and portraying His love with one another. That was the creation purpose. And so why is it that we tend to isolate ourselves? If that is the master plan, why is it that we isolate ourselves apart from not drawing near to God? It's because either you do not think that you are good enough 
or that others are not good enough. You either think that you are not good enough, who am I, or you look down on other people. Adam blaming Eve, this woman whom you gave me. So husbands, this is where you can not your wife. She's not good enough. We see that in the garden. And so we isolate. We choose who we want to be walking a road with. And see, in the presence of God, that does not exist. In the presence of God, that does not exist. Because we were created to reflect Him. Being a mirror. We were created to draw near to God. Created to draw near to others. And the third thing, which potentially might be the most difficult, is we were created to delight in whom we are. We were created to delight in whom we are. Let me try and explain to you why that is difficult. And I don't want to use the lights. What do you see? What do you see? It's interesting if you go with this mirror past people, you ask them, what do they see? They look away. Interesting. They look away. They don't look in the mirror. See in verse 25, we read the following. You can go there with me. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. They were both naked. Underline that. And were not ashamed. Underline that. Naked being totally exposed. No matter the size of your ears, no matter the cellulite on your legs, they were totally exposed. No matter the number of likes you get after your twit, tweet or your post on Facebook, they were totally exposed. And they were okay with it. They were not pretending to be something that they're not. They were totally naked. Doesn't matter the size of your ears. Or your nose. They were totally exposed. And they were not ashamed. I don't care how, what people think of how I laugh. And how hard I laugh, how loud I laugh. Or, you know, what this dress will make me look like. Or if we are together in a social environment and everybody groups together and I'm not part of that. Not to be worried about what, you know, what are they saying about me. You see, that insecurity. And so what we need to understand about before Adam and Eve sinned, if we go back to our mirror again, they understood their creation purpose was to reflect God, Angelique, was to reflect God, Alida, Philip. And so what did Satan come and do? He came and he took the focus away from reflecting God's image to what we see in the mirror. He came to take away, substitute. Remember, he's never obvious. His words to Eve, did God really say? He didn't say to her, no, God didn't say. Because you never say that to your wife. He gave a suggestion. Did God really say? He will never be that obvious. And so subtly, He made you become more aware of what is in the mirror 
than being focused on what you are busy reflecting. And so, insecurity was birthed. Insecurity was birthed. And so the further you move away from the presence of God, the more the lie becomes your truth in your life. Because when you look in a mirror, and you are supposed to look in that mirror, what you're supposed to see is you are fearfully and wonderfully made. No matter the size of your ears, or the cellulite on your legs, or the number of likes on your Twitter account, or the reposts on your Facebook account, or that you stand alone and bry at the parents' bry at the school, it is okay. Because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That is the truth. And so the further you move away from God's presence, the more the lie becomes your truth. And so the last thing we see, just in God's master plan, we were created to draw near to Him. It's from His presence that we are able to draw near to others, to portray His image. You cannot portray something that you are not close to. You cannot be an image of something if you cannot reflect it. And so it's easy to see when somebody has not been in God's presence for the last few days. Just look at their patience when they drive. Yes? We were created to draw near to God. We were created to draw near to others. We were created to delight in whom we are, not to be insecure about it. And we were created to draw near to creation. Verse 15. The Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work and to keep it. Two things related to creation. We are supposed to work and we are supposed to, um, to keep. The word work makes to grow, to flourish. Interesting if you read there, verses 5-6. When there was still nothing, when the mist was starting to, to, to wet the earth, God created man and then the trees. And so God always put us in partnership to help grow, produce. And so our purpose with regards to creation was exactly that. To make it grow, to make it flourish, to make it to expand beyond the garden. As God's image was supposed to expand beyond the garden. To make it grow. And to keep it. To protect it. To guard it. And so again, in a broken world, what do we see? You guys can come. What do we see? We see the opposite. We see how mankind is busy destroying and killing creation. Our mankind is busy destroying and killing creation. Just in our seasons, we can see the effect of this. Just in our world, we can see the effects of man's distorted understanding of God's perfect plan, our relationship to creation. And so that is why Jesus will create a new world, a new heaven, where those that are with Him, those that are in Him, those that accepted His invitation when He came to dwell amongst us, 
And He opened the way again for us to be in His presence. To those of us, there will be again a creation to work and to keep. Not to kill and to destroy. And so just preparing this week for this word. I know that I know that when we say the word relationships, there's so many different emotions. It's just evident and present here this morning. And so if I had to ask you, if you can see this picture this morning of a loving father as we, we ended off worship, asking us, not just us singing, but inviting you to draw near. Where are you this morning? Where are you this morning? God, in the cool of the day, walked in the garden and He cried out to Adam, Adam, where are you? This morning, He is still crying out to us. Where are you? Where are you? I have created you to dwell in my presence, to walk with me. And you just want to respond to this word this morning. I really trust the Holy Spirit will just reveal to you those things. We need to understand that when Jesus died on the cross, His death made a way for us back into God's presence. And if you're sitting here this morning and you proclaim his Lord, Him as Lord and Savior, then there is forgiveness for sins. When we repent, you are forgiven. You are invited. You are in His presence. And so don't allow sin to bring separation between you and God. Maybe it's just busyness. Maybe it's just the, the view of yourself. I'm not good enough. As a father that I am to three kids, there's nothing that gives me greater joy than to see just a child wanting to be with their father. Running towards their father coming back from school and just hugging their father. How much more he this morning and his desire of you, his son and daughter. Maybe this morning it's it is just you because you don't think good of yourself. You don't delight in yourself. You have isolated yourself. You have isolated yourself. Who am I? Who am I, Lord? You are a son and a daughter of a living God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That is whom you are. Don't isolate. Reflect a loving father to a broken world. Maybe this morning it's just time that you just... Open your spirit and allow the spirit, God the spirit, just to counsel you about your image this morning. Because you're not just a guy, 
without any purpose. You're not just a lady here this morning without any purpose. You are royalty. You are a royal priesthood. Called to reflect the image of a living God through you and in you to those around you. I'm just going to allow you now just to just to be in His presence. Holy Spirit, I pray now. Would you just minister to us? <laughs>